0: to the Publisher Book Podcast, where we speak with authors from around the world to find out how they transform their dream into a published reality. Here's your host, Adam Ashton.
1: Today we're speaking with Rhonda Uretsky. Rhonda is a yoga instructor, uh, specifically hot yoga, and she is the author of the book The Blissful Warrior. We talk uh, a little bit about hot yoga, and we somehow started talking about Seinfeld as well, Uh, one of my favorite shows. But you can find Rhonda at riverflow-yoga.com. That's riverflow-yoga.com, and you can check out um, her book. You can get a free copy of her book, I believe, at blissfulwarriorwomanbook.com. That's blissfulwarriorwomanbook.com. So here is Rhonda Uretsky.
0: Well, I have been a practicer and teacher of yoga for forty-five years, so oh. I am sort of a doyen of the yoga yeah. community. Wow. I can surely remember back to the days when uh, you know I used to say I did yoga, and my friends thought I was a member of a cult. Nobody <laughs> knew what yoga was, or had ever heard of it, let alone done yoga. So um, it's it's really just very. Uh, interesting and and wonderful for me to watch this yoga thing that's springing up everywhere. You know, everybody, you can't even find anyone who hasn't done yoga these days. Mm. So it's it's just a wonderful transformation. Um, It was interesting to me too, because when I wrote the book, everybody assumed it was going to be a book about yoga. And it really, I guess, underneath everything is, because it springs from my own experience being a yogi for all of these years. But uh, what I began to notice a lot Um, as a yoga teacher, and I I train other teachers, and um, I own a yoga studio, is this um, general dissatisfaction that people have with their lives, and women in particular, Uh, women who are just being pulled in a million different directions and don't seem to know their own way home. And then it happened to me, and that's why I wrote the book. The book is my own story of having my life kind of pulled apart in a very surprising way, and... um, I was going to say how I put it back together, but honestly, I don't think I have put it back together. I think that's the journey. Hmm.
1: Interesting. And what, So um, can you tell us a little bit more about why you think, uh, you said women in particular aren't, aren't satisfied with their lives? What does that mean?
0: I think the women that I see anyway in my yoga studio, and I, I have to say that my yoga studio probably caters to women who are 40 years old and older. have been used to living their lives for everybody else Mm. in service of other people, their children, their spouses, their partners, their their parents, their families. And in a way, women are sort of brought up to believe that that they're supposed to take care of everybody else and they come last. And at some point in your life, in these women's lives, in my life, you wake up and realize something's off about that. It doesn't really add up to a happy life to put yourself on the back burner and to never really think about what it is that you want in your life it's really not enough to to take care of everybody else and this is what we as women are told we're supposed to do
1: fantastic and i guess what's uh what's the what's the solution then i know we sort of jump we might be jumping ahead a little bit
0: Personally, I think the solution is to make yourself happy first, Mm. that nothing else works out in your life unless you are actually happy yourself. And um, even logically speaking, what I like to tell the women who come to my studio and tell me that, well, they they can't practice yoga very much because they don't have time, they have other things and responsibilities to take care of and other people to take care of. What I always say is, if you're dead, then all those other people get shortchanged, can't take care of anybody. Mm. So. You know, the the answer, I believe, is to be very, very selfish. (laughs) To really take care of yourself and to to realize that you are here in a body on this planet as yourself and here exploring your life as yourself. And Mm -hmm. to, to, to pretend that that's not important is unsatisfying. So then tell us what sort of prompted you to write the book? Um, You know, I've always been a writer. I've always written and it's always been writing for kind of self exploration. Um, I think this was a book that I believe that when you're a writer, you write the story that you need to read. And so this story is a story that I needed to tell for myself, a story about what happens when you live your life for everybody else and then suddenly wake up one day and realize that something's missing. So to say that I wrote it for other people for other women would be incorrect I wrote the story that I needed to read and it turned out a lot of other women needed to read it as well
1: Yeah, nice. I think that's a good way to do it because if you're uh, I'm sure you're not the the only one with those those questions those Feelings those problems and that uh, if you're answering and solving your own problems I'm sure there's somebody else out there whose problems you're solving as well
0: um yes and to be honest, like I said, I've, I've come to this place, this realization in my life that it really doesn't matter. Mm. Uh, I know that, that set, we're, again, we're all told that we're supposed to do these things to help other people. But um, I think the way that you help other people is by being yourself and being your authentic self. Mm. So I wrote this book for my authentic self. And my feeling is that people who resonate with the story and get something out of it is, a, is wonderful. But it's not the reason I wrote the book. And mm. I, I don't recommend that people live their lives in order to serve other people or to serve other purposes. That they live their lives as an exploration of the life they're here to live. And then people who resonate with it will simply show up. Nice. And people who, people who don't, that's okay too.
1: Yeah, fantastic. Mm. I like that. I know you, you sort of said that uh, the book isn't to tell people how to live their life, it's not a how to guide, is it? You said it's, you already know, it's just sort of realizing that you already know. Is that right?
0: It is. It is. And I I, I guess I have a bit of an issue with how-to guides. I I feel like we're all very individual people, and there's really nobody who can tell you how-to. That's why you're here, to explore how-to. And to take somebody else's advice on how-to is really shortchanging yourself. To have the courage to go out and find out how-to for yourself, that's the fun part of living. Mm. So my book is not a how-to guide. It's, It's really the story of how I did it. And, you know, there are lots of processes that I use to, uh, on my journey that if other people find value in, that's great. But, no, I'm not here to tell anybody how to do anything. I don't believe that that's even possible.
1: So your book's called Blissful Warrior. Tell us what you think it takes to become a Blissful Warrior.
0: Oh, well, you know, a blissful warrior is uh, a warrior is somebody who is willing to, has the courage to go out and live their own lives, to live their life the way that it feels right for them. But to be a blissful warrior means to have a very peaceful, a peaceful way about you, to have um, not having to prove anything to anybody else, Mm -hmm. not needing the approval of anybody else, having a core feeling of certainty that gives you a feeling of peace and bliss. That this is your life, and you have the courage to live your life the way you feel is best for you.
1: Mm, I love it. Um, I, I guess I'm just thinking: Is there? Do you think there's a, a shift happening? Uh, the you know the the teenagers and twenty year olds of today, uh, the twenty year old women of today. Do you think they do have the ability to be not not more? Uh, I get, you said sort of more more selfish, but. Uh, live more for themselves rather than serving everyone else?
0: I'm not sure. Mm. You know, I guess I see all kinds of people at my yoga studio. I, I think that there are a large number of women and men that I see that still have this idea that they're supposed to live up to a certain mm. way that they're supposed to be, whether it's upbringing from their parents or religion or society or career there seems to be, in a large number of people that I meet, anyway, a certain idea that uh, there are certain milestones you have to hit, certain approval ratings you have to do. Um, I I also see other people who are kind of throwing all of that away. You know, <laughs> I don't know if you guys have Seinfeld in Australia or if you're big on.
1: I love it. Yes. Actually, I'm actually I've got the box set. I'm on my sort of fifth lap of doing the full season. <laughs>
0: so- my way of looking at things the George Costanza rule of life. (laughs) Pretty much everything that you've been told about life is wrong. (laughs) (laughs) You're supposed to do, you know, go to university and make sure you have a good education and get a good job and work Mm. your way up that ladder and get a mortgage and have a family. And, uh, you know, it's all this Always holding this carrot out in front of you that you're supposed to get to the next thing and the next thing and the next thing And at some point you get to this point in your life where you realize that it's all just a big hoax mm. You know it's made you miss your whole life looking for the carrot. Mm. It's not a, about getting to an end result as You know Alan Watts says life is a dance. You're supposed to be dancing. It's a musical thing You're not supposed to be looking for the next thing along the way so Everything that, that you've been told about what you're supposed to do in your life, you really should be doing the opposite, which is <laughs> living for yourself, finding out what makes you happy, following that thing that makes you happy, not looking for anybody else's approval, not looking for anybody else's advice. Nobody else can know what's right for you. And basically following your instincts about what feels good to you. And if that's selfish, then I think we need to redefine selfish as a good thing.
1: Mm. I really like that. I think you're right. There seems to be so there seems to be the opportunities there today for people to take them if they want in this sort of new, you know, connected economy, knowledge economy, but uh, I think it's still the the vast majority are following that that safe uh, traditional path of as you said, school, maybe a bit of college and then a, a 50-year career and then retire. Yeah.
0: Uh, yeah, and don't get me wrong, if that floats your boat, you should do it. I'm not telling anybody that's the wrong way to go. I'm saying if that's what calls you, if that feels right to you, you should do it. But nobody should be made to feel that there is a right way and a wrong way. Mm. There are a million different right ways, just as there are countless people. You know, if we were all here on the same journey, we'd all be one big blob. We wouldn't be separate individuals. And I believe that everybody who's on a journey that makes them happy makes a huge contribution. I mean, you know this, when you're around people who are miserable, they make no contribution at all to you. You, They're just miserable. But to be around a happy person is inspirational. That's the contribution you make. You don't have to do anything for anybody else. Your presence as a blissful warrior, as a person who's happy and following their own life rules and their own life happiness, that's the inspiration for the people around you. That's what you do for other people. I love it. Yeah.
1: What if um, I guess someone's going through you know they're finishing off their, their high school or they're in university or college and they're looking to you know go to that you know that safe career they don't haven't thought of anything else outside of that they don't know what makes them happy. What are some I guess uh, some actionable things they can do to start looking around and opening their eyes to, to new possibilities?
0: Honestly, I think to, just what you said to ask yourself that question, what makes me feel happy? And it's a tricky thing. You know, if you haven't ever been asked that question before, if you've only been told what to do, it can feel like an odd question. And the first time I ask people this question, when they're in the position that you're talking about, they start to think about it and rationalize. And you need to get past your thinking brain and into your kind of gut feelings to feel what's going to make you happy. And It it may seem odd at first, but it is kind of an instinct. You know, I call it the clench or relief thing. If you are at a point in your life where you need to make a decision and you're not quite sure which way to go, you don't want to think it through. Again, George Costanza rule. You don't make the list of pros and cons. You don't ask yourself, you know, which is going to do better for me in the long run. You don't try to figure it out. You kind of close your eyes and you present yourself with the two options. And you're going to get what I call an immediate clench feeling or like a sigh of relief. And that is your inner guidance telling you which way is going to make you happy, even if it makes no sense. As a matter of fact, if it makes no sense, you know you can trust it because you're not depending on your rational thinking mind. You're depending on your gut instincts, which is directly tied to your happiness and never steers you wrong. So your last chapter. Ooh, <laughs> so your last chapter of the
1: book is called uh, "Blissful New Beginnings." Can you tell mm-hmm. us a bit about your new beginning? Um, I guess in terms of writing the book as well, and your trip to Italy, and, and what you did when you came back.
0: Oh my goodness! So um, I, I have to say, i, I living my life now as as if every day is a new beginning. Um, there's lots of things that changed in my life. I did divorce um, my husband of 20 years. I, I did start a new business, my yoga studio, and my uh, branched out into, into teacher training. And I, I honestly, you know, if I had to sum up the differences in my life after coming back from Italy, I would have to say that now I really feel like every day is a new start in my life. And people at my age uh, don't usually feel this. Mm, every day is a new beginning. People at my age are usually winding their lives down. But I kind of feel like I'm just starting over, starting new every day. And it's very interesting and very exciting to kind of have um, nothing to hang on to except your gut feeling that everything is going to be fine and everything is going right for you. Mm. To be completely trusting of that and not have to have any proof.
1: I think that's fantastic. Mm. I guess in terms of writing the book, how did you go? You said you'd always been a writer. Uh, mm-hmm. What made you decide to to put a book together? And what was uh, what was easy? What was hard? What was unexpected along that book writing process?
0: Um, let's see. What made me decide to get to put the book together? Mm. Um, I have to say it was one of those decisions that I made, just like any other decision. I, I pretty much woke up one day and said, "This is the day." And uh, I got in touch with this publisher that I liked very much. I liked the way that they did things. And I just started writing. And to be honest, this book started out as a way, way bigger book. And I carried this book around Europe with me and edited it and, and held it with me for many years before I kind of pared it down to the book that it was that it is today. Um, what was easy about it, in, a, in, in some ways, the book wrote itself if I was really open to it and I stopped struggling, the book wrote itself. In other ways, the editing process, <laughs> I have a writer friend who says when you edit, it's like you're, you have to kill your children. <laughs> the part that you love the most in the book and you have to rip them out because they are probably irrelevant. And she was absolutely right. Mm. So that was the hardest part, knowing what to cut out of the and, um,
1: book. Yeah, true. Yeah, very nice. Who are some of your uh, influences? Do you have any uh, anyone you read or watch or listen to or really um, really admire?
0: Um, well, I have to say that the, the teachings that I really enjoy the most are from um, um, a co-author group called Abraham Hicks. I follow these teachings a great deal because they resonate with exactly what I'm talking about, that somehow everything we've been taught about living life is backwards, mm. that you know, the things that make you happy are the things you're supposed to follow. You're not necessarily supposed to be thinking things through or figuring things out or even planning things as much as we do. Um, that life really is this new journey every day that you wake up. And to me, these teachings and these followings, there's, there's a great deal of books written by Abraham Hicks as well. Uh, these are the books that really resonate with me the most. Mm. I, I like reading uh, Thoreau and and some of the classic writers as well, just because of the beauty of their language. I'm a very big follower of poetry and and beautiful language. But in terms of reading and following books, it would be the Abraham Hicks books.
1: Nice. I must admit, I've never heard of um, Abraham Hicks, so I'm gonna have to uh, gonna have to check it out. <laughs> well, yeah. any is there any books in particular you'd recommend uh, the, to get started with?
0: Yes, they've, the very first book is called Ask and It Is Given. Mm-hmm. Nice. That's the one I would highly recommend. As a matter of fact, I uh, I do a teacher training for yoga teachers. My particular kind of yoga that I am uh, resonate with is hot yoga. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if you've heard hot yoga, but that's my studio, and I do a hot yoga teacher training. And part of the yoga teacher training is to read Ask and It Is Given, which is not a yoga book. Mm. Mm, that's interesting. Okay,
1: cool. Yeah, I've got that up now. I'll have to... um. I'll have to check that one out.
0: Yeah, I would highly recommend it. Yeah,
1: nice. Um, so what's uh, if someone hasn't done yoga before, What's what? how is hot yoga different to, to what most people would imagine?
0: Oh, hot yoga is the bomb. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've been practicing yoga for 45 years. So I have taught many, many different kinds of yoga. And when people say to me, should I try another kind of yoga? I always say, sure. I mean, if it, if it resonates with you and it feels good to you, go ahead. But once
1: you go hot, you'll never go back. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Classy. Um, well, I think I've, I've really enjoyed this conversation. I've learned um, learnt a lot and I'll definitely have to check out some of those books you recommended. Mm-hmm. I guess just to, mm-hmm. to slowly wrap it up, where, where should uh, people find out more about you and where can they find your book?
0: Um, on my, actually, on my yoga website. It's riverflow-yoga.com. Mm-hmm. There is a link to the book that can be downloaded from the website. And they can find out more about hot yoga on that website as well. In fact, it's all about hot yoga in addition to the book. So I would highly recommend that um, reading the website gives you lots of information. You know, hot yoga is not just yoga done in a high heat. There's a whole science about the sequence that you do. Um, There's something called the tourniquet effect that happens when you do hot yoga, where you actually close down certain blood vessels and then you open them up and you get this fresh rush of oxygenated blood. By the time you've finished the hot yoga sequence, you've flushed your entire body. Mm -hmm. And again, I've been teaching and practicing the hot yoga now for 20 of my 45 years And I have seen amazing things happen to people. And, uh, you know, not being a medical doctor, I don't usually tell people they can heal this or that when they come to hot yoga. But anecdotally speaking, I've seen people heal things that doctors said would never heal Mm. as a result of hot yoga. So it's quite an amazing practice, really.
1: Fantastic. And so that was riverflow-yoga.com and that's all the, all the yes. info there in the book there. Fantastic. The
0: book is there as well. There's a live link to the book for downloading and then all the information on hot yoga is there as well. Thanks for listening to the Publisher Book podcast. We hope you learned something along the way. For more interviews with authors from around the world, subscribe. Subscribe to the podcast or visit publisherbookpodcast.com